This EHAV Review Podcast is presented by TKP Med Radio. It's important to recognize that our current approach to HIV care may not sufficiently address the needs of all older people living with HIV. HIV and aging. Welcome to EHIV Review. Older individuals living with HIV infection, they're a growing population, and they present particular management challenges to their healthcare providers. That's what we're here to talk about today with Dr. Miley Young-Karras, Associate Professor of Medicine at the University of California, San Diego. For Dr. Karras disclosures and additional CME information, please go to our website, ehivreview.org, and click on the Volume 5, Issue 8 link. I'm Bob Busker, Managing Editor of the HIV Review. Dr. Karras, thank you for joining us today. It's my pleasure. I'm honored to be here. Our first learning objective is to describe the five M's of geriatrics and how to incorporate them into HIV care. So take us to the clinic, if you would please, Dr. Karras, and start us out with a patient scenario. Here, I present the case of a 67-year-old African-American man who has been living with HIV since 1992. His HIV viral load is undetectable, and CD4 T-cells are 382 cells per mil. He's on raltegravir, abacavir, and lamivudine. He has a past medical history of intermittently controlled type 2 diabetes, complicated by peripheral neuropathy, and stage 4 chronic kidney disease. He also has hypertension, hyperlipidemia, cirrhosis secondary to hepatitis C, gout, congestive heart failure, and osteoarthritis of the knees. To treat those conditions, he's taking 12 medications other than his usual antiretroviral therapy. He's had multiple emergency room visits and hospitalizations over the last few months for heart failure, hypoglycemia, hepatic decompensation, gout, and hyperkalemia. And he is here today for a hospital follow-up for heart failure exacerbation and deconditioning. During the visit, he shares he's frustrated. He says he got confused about a new medication that his cardiologist started, so he just didn't take it. He thinks he was missing one medication in his last refill, but he didn't know which one it was. He also states that every time he gets admitted, he seems to get weaker. In fact, now he's struggling to even get out of his chair, and he's worried his neighbor will get irritated at him because he keeps asking for help with day-to-day tasks. He looks through the window and he sighs with tears welling in his eyes. When he looks back, he says, I just want to be able to do things for myself in my own home. That's a lot to unpack, doctor. How would you prioritize it all? This older man living with HIV has a high degree of multimorbidity that, based on his healthcare utilization, are not being effectively managed. He clearly has communicated his healthcare priority to be independent in his own home, and this is a great starting place to start discussions about prioritizing specialty visits, medications, and screenings. It's reasonable to consider moving beyond the management of individual comorbidities and apply a multidimensional approach that considers management of medical conditions within the context of his functional impairments. And I would apply the Geriatrics 5Ms framework to his care. The Geriatric 5Ms. You talked about those in your newsletter issue. So give us a quick review now, if you would, please. The 5Ms were developed to help describe what geriatricians do. They are mind, mobility, medications, multi-complexity, and matters most. Mind or mentation emphasizes evaluating and optimizing cognitive function as well as the common conditions that contribute to cognitive function. Mobility focuses on physical function, which includes assessments of frailty and fall risk, 
and the ability to effectively accomplish their day-to-day needs. Medications highlights the potential harms of polypharmacy and drug interactions. Multi-complexity speaks to the difficulty in managing multiple chronic conditions and encourages prioritizing screening and collaborative treatment decisions that are consistent with the fifth M or what matters most to the patient. So matters most, the fifth M, really stresses the importance of understanding an individual's health goals and developing their care plan around those goals. That's a great synopsis, doctor. Thank you. So how would you apply these five M's to this case? Regarding mind, he is communicating confusion around his medication. I would explore why he's having difficulties. For example, does he not clearly understand how to take his medications? Is he having difficulty seeing his pills or differentiating his pills from each other? Or is this the first manifestation of some early cognitive decline? After doing that, together we would come up with a strategy to help him take his medications more accurately and safely. I also would probe for depression, perhaps with questions from the patient health questionnaire, such as, do you have little interest or pleasure in doing things? Because untreated depression can contribute to dampened mentation. I would also start with what matters most and further explore his personal health goals and begin to broach discussions around advanced care planning. For mobility, I have concerns about his progressive functional decline to the point where he's struggling to get out of his chair now. I would prioritize physical therapy, targeting his deconditioning, and would order a home occupational therapy visit to evaluate his environment so that we can do things that may minimize his risk of falls, such as placement of a shower bar or securing loose rugs. For medications, I would review his medication list, specifically looking for classes of medications that are associated with cognitive impairment or could impair his physical function. I would also deprescribe any unnecessary medications. Uh, just for clarity, Dr. Karras, was that word deprescribe? Yes. So deprescribe, for those who are not familiar, basically means discontinuing any medications that are no longer necessary or medications where the adverse effect of the med is potentially worse than the benefit. Thank you, doctor. For multi-complexity, I would incorporate his expression of what matters most to him to help prioritize the healthcare screening and management that he wants to focus on. For example, he may prefer home-based physical therapy rather than coming to the hospital. Applying these 5Ms to older people living with HIV, are there other things clinicians should know about? Yes, we consider the age of 50 years to be old in HIV. This is mostly because of age-related comorbidities, such as cardiovascular disease and kidney disease, presenting about a decade earlier in people living with HIV compared to people without HIV. This has been attributed to the excess inflammation of HIV, some to the exposure of older antiretroviral therapy, as well as some increased psychosocial factors, such as tobacco use, that are more common in people living with HIV. Because older people living with HIV are still chronologically young, meaning you know they're, they're not 75 or older for the most part, I recommend adding a sixth M or modifiable. A sixth M, and you're calling it modifiable. What does modifiable stand for? In the care of older people living with HIV, we really should be regularly counseling about modifiable factors that can impact multiple biopsychosocial systems. And these include encouraging regular physical activity, pursuing healthy nutrition, 
ongoing substance use counseling to include tobacco and alcohol, and even encouraging socialization and connection. Those are potentially modifiable factors that can make a big difference across multiple systems. Thank you for that case and discussion, Doctor. Let's wrap up this case now by reviewing how our learning objective has been addressed. So, the five M's of geriatrics and how to incorporate them into HIV care. What are the key things our listeners need to know? It's important to recognize that our current approach to HIV care may not sufficiently address the needs of all older people living with HIV. And we should consider adapting geriatric approaches such as the five M's to assist with management of the multi-complexity of older people with HIV. Embracing the five M's, which include mind or cognitive function, morbidity, physical function, medications, polypharmacy, matters most, personal life health goals, and multi-complexity, aligning treatment priorities with health goals has the potential to simplify the care of older people living with HIV. Because older people living with HIV are chronologically young, it's important to prioritize modifiable conditions to enhance their overall health. Well, thank you, Dr. Karras. Let's focus now on our other learning objective, recognizing a prescription cascade and moderating its impact. So let me ask you once again, if you would please, doctor, to take us back to the clinic with another patient scenario. Next, I present a 54-year-old Hispanic female on dolutegravir, tenofovir alafenamide, and emtricitabine who's been living with HIV for 22 years and is well-controlled with a CD4 T-cell count of 750 cells per mil. Three months ago, she developed low-grade fever, fatigue, malaise, and sinus congestion and was prescribed pseudoephedrine and diphenhydramine for viral sinusitis at an urgent care. On follow-up with your colleague, her blood pressure was elevated, 150 over 90, and she was started on lisinopril. Two months later, she represents complaining of a chronic dry cough, and she started on dextromethorphan codeine syrup. You see her a week later, and she has lost some weight, visibly, and says she's been really nauseated for the past week or so. So you give her promethazine. On her visit with you three months later, she looks miserable, tells you she's been unable to sleep because her ears have been ringing. Oh, and by the way, she's still coughing. You look through her medication list and are surprised to see, all of a sudden, how long it is. Tell us your reasons, doctor, for bringing us this case. This case demonstrates a prescription cascade. In other words, medications that are prescribed because of the side effect of another medication. This started with pseudoephedrine, which elevated her blood pressure. She was then started on lisinopril, which caused cough. This was treated with codeine that resulted in nausea, for which she was given promethazine. It's not always easy to keep track of medications, especially when they're prescribed by other providers. And this case highlights the importance of regular medication reviews during visits with older people living with HIV. Uh, Take us a little deeper into this, if you would, please, doctor. Is what you're talking about polypharmacy? Exactly what is that and how can it be harmful? Polypharmacy, or the prescription of multiple medications, usually defined in the literature by five or greater medications, appears to be more common in people living with HIV than HIV-uninfected persons. Polypharmacy is associated with multiple negative outcomes in older people living with HIV, including falls, fractures, non-fatal overdose, hospitalizations, and death. Polypharmacy also increases risk for potential harmful drug interactions and not just with antiretrovirals, and it impairs adherence to both antiretrovirals and non-antiretroviral therapy. Beyond avoiding polypharmacy, Dr. Karras, what other concerns should clinicians be aware of when they're considering medications in older people living with HIV? 
The natural aging process, which we all are going to go through, or maybe are currently going through, is accompanied by changes that alter the pharmacokinetics and pharmacodynamics of medications. These changes include delayed gastric emptying time, decreased gastric acid secretion, which can impact drug absorption. The distribution of drugs is affected by decreases in lean body mass and a relative increase in body fat, changing the distribution of lipophilic drugs. Drug metabolism is altered with decreases in liver clearance that may lead to higher drug concentrations. And lastly, excretion is impaired due to decreased renal clearance. It's also relevant to note that in most clinical trials of drug development, persons older than 65 are excluded. Thus, we have very little information about appropriate dosing and side effect profiles in this specific population. Avoiding polypharmacy being aware of the changes in the pharmacokinetics and pharmacodynamics that can occur with age, and not a lot of evidence-based information about dosing and side effects profiles. That's a lot for clinicians to juggle. Is there guidance they can turn to? Something that tells them which specific medications are potentially harmful for their older patients living with HIV. There are several lists compiled and updated regularly by geriatricians and geriatric pharmacists that identify inappropriate meaning potentially harmful medications. The two most commonly used are the BEERS criteria and the screening tool for older persons prescriptions, STOP, DASH, screening tool to alert doctors to the right treatment, START, or STOP, START. The BEERS criteria includes lists of medications to avoid in most older adults, as well as medications to avoid in older adults with specific conditions, medications to be used with caution, potential severe drug-drug interactions, and medications to avoid or dose-adjust based on chronic kidney disease. STOP-START criteria are organized a bit differently. The STOP arm stresses identification of medications that are prescribed without a clinical indication, medications prescribed beyond the recommended duration. A classic example is omeprazole or similar anti-acid medications. Prescription of duplicate drug classes and medications that predictably increase the risk of falls. START criteria includes evidence-based medications that should be prescribed in older adults that have specific conditions without any contraindications. Well, thank you for explaining all this to us, doctor. Let me switch gears and ask you to focus on the future for us. Managing older people with HIV, what do you see happening in the near future? I think we'll see more research pursuing the biologic impact of psychosocial factors on the aging process of people living with HIV. For example, does loneliness change epigenetic age? Or is loneliness associated with the CD4-CD8 ratio, i.e., does it actually contribute to the excess comorbidities that we observe in people with HIV? We'll see the pursuit of other models of care focused on improving the health of older people living with HIV. This may include embedding geriatricians in HIV clinics or performing multi-specialty visits in one, as well as pursuing home visits for older adults. I also expect more focus on interventions targeting modifiable factors that negatively affect aging, for example, tobacco cessation programs, exercise programs, and ways to better enhance nutrition. And I also expect future studies will explore incorporating technology to address gaps in care, specifically as it relates to social isolation and medication management. Thank you for sharing your insights, Dr. Karras. Let's wrap things up now by reviewing how this part of our discussion addressed our second learning objective. So, recognizing a prescription cascade and moderating its impact. Doctor? 
Aging leads to natural changes that impact pharmacokinetics and pharmacodynamics of medications. This alters the harm-benefit ratio of some medications. The association of polypharmacy with multiple negative outcomes provides a rationale for regular pursuit of deprescription, regular consultation of beers, and stop-start criteria during medication reviews may improve prescription safety in older people living with HIV. And please stop prescription cascades as early as possible in the process by regular medication reconciliation. Dr. Miley Young-Karras from the University of California, San Diego, thank you for participating in this EHIV Review podcast. Thank you for having me. For EHIV Review, I'm Bob Busker. To receive CME credit for this activity, please take the post-test at ehiv.dkbmed.com. EHIV Review is supported by educational grants from Gilead Sciences Incorporated and Vive Healthcare. The opinions and recommendations expressed by faculty and other experts whose input is included in this program are their own. This enduring material is produced for educational purposes only. EHIV Review is copyright with all rights reserved by DKP Med LLC. Thank you for listening.